Well, welcome back. It's one o'clock in the afternoon, and you guys are looking rather spiffy, actually. Where'd you get those duds, man? I need to, I need to wear them fucking PJs you're wearing right now. Holy shit. That being said, something we've all known for a long time is that Facebook fact-checkers are a bunch of biased cesspit-dwelling motherfuckers. Now, we haven't had that evidence right offhand. Coming from the Real Clear Politics Archive, published September 17, 2021. Leaks renew concerns over Facebook fact-checking sway. That's right, boys. More leaks are coming out of Big Tech Silicon Valley. Without any further ado, I am your host, James Madison. Welcome to the show, and let's get into it. From Real Clear Politics. Article by Caleb Latura. September 17th, 2021. Leaks renew concern over Facebook's fact-checking sway. This week, the Wall Street Journal unveiled the Facebook Files, an investigational series based on leaks of internal Facebook materials that offer an unvarnished look at how the social media giant sees its platform and its impact on society. A central theme of this reporting is the the degree to which Facebook's own research is at odds with its public statements and that internal, internally, it has recognized the harms the platform causes for society, even while publicly touting its benefits. It already sounds like the Fauci emails. Weird. You mean to tell me that behind the closed doors, a big tech conglomerate admits that it's evil, but to the face public or the consumer public, it plays nice? Sounds like normal corporatism to me. Huh. The journal's reporting raises a myriad of concerns over the state of social platforms generally today. Instagram's toxic influence on teenage girls to the impact of algorithmic changes on political discourse to how Facebook secretly shields influential users from its content moderation rules. These are things we've speculated about before, things that we pretty much have all assumed to be true, are now being confirmed true. Yeah, the thing with the teenage girls is uh, I'm seeing an increase in things like bulimia, self-harm, and suicide in young women. And it's been a long time speculated that it's because of, you know, image issues caused by people looking at Instagram all day. And I feel like it's important to know that what you see on, anyone can look good on Instagram. Anyone can look good on fucking Instagram. Right? Unfortunately, none of the people stop to think how much makeup, prep time, and editing, and body shading go into these pictures. That when they see somebody looking super hot and super fit on these social media platforms, it's very discouraging to people. And people don't want to be, you know, part of it. People feel uh, like, oh, I'll never have that level of looks in my life. I'll never be this, that, or the other thing. And it leads to a lot of self-harm and mental issues. Now, I tend to lean a little bit into thinking that that has to do with people being mentally weak and not having the fortitude to break their connections to social media. That's just my humble opinionated outlook. Given the growing influence of fact-checkers 
as the ultimate arbiters of truth. In the digital world, the journal also reported that their verdicts may not be as independent as publicly portrayed. Quote, Facebook has asked fact-checking part, fact partners to retroactively change their findings on posts from high-profile accounts. Asked by Real Clear Politics how many times it has intervened in fact-checking verdicts and under what circumstances it asks fact-checkers to change their rulings, a Facebook spokesperson did not answer, pointing instead to its generic fact-checking FAQ. Facts, answers, and questions. FAQ. Asked if it asked if the company would deny on record having ordered a fact-checking partner to change verdicts. The company did not respond. Yes, refusing to answer definitely does not look incriminating at all, Mr. Schoeder. The International Fact-Checking Network, IFCN, which is which has established a set of standards to which most major fact-checkers adhere, did not respond to multiple requests for comment regarding whether it was aware of any, uh, any signatures receiving and or honoring requests from Facebook to change their verdicts. Asked whether PolitiFact had ever received a request from Facebook to change one of its verdicts, it has ever what is that word? Acquiesced. And if it, it and if it is aware of such requests to other fact checkers, its ex exclusive director, executive director, Aaron Sharakim, responded that it is in the midst of fact-finding, asked whether or not PolitiFact could at least confirm that it itself has never received or honored such a request from Facebook, Sharakman responded that, quote, any comment we have will make in the manner and time of our choosing. So likely never. Yeah, all these fact-checking companies being asked if they ever changed their verdict because they were asked to, refusing to answer. Yeah, nothing, uh, nothing suspicious there, folks. For an industry built on trust and transparency, it is remarkable that neither the IFCN nor PolitiFact were forthcoming on these allegations regarding Facebook's request to protect powerful causes and people. Yet, if true, it would largely undermine and delegitimize their work if the powerful were able to ensure favorable verdicts for their falsehoods. Dude, you can share a picture on Facebook that clearly shows what's going on in the picture, and they'll tell you that it's missing context. And bring up like five or six articles that have nothing to do at all with what you share. It happens to me all the time. Facebook helps fund the fact-checking community according, according to more than 5% of PolitiFact's revenue in 2020. And is one of the top funders of many other fact-checking operations. If fact-checkers are facing pressure to change their verdicts, even if they don't ultimately honor those requests, such demands could have a chilling effect on their independence, given fact-checkers' ability to halt the online distribution of stories and ideas 
they deem false or misleading, the public should have the right to know the degree to which outside forces are shaping their rules. Uh, yeah, the Hunter Biden story. Both of the Hunter Biden laptop stories were absolutely suppressed and buried. To the point where both of my episodes going over both laptops actually were removed. In fact, last year, business magazine Fast Company confirmed that fact-checking organizations, including the IFCN signatories, have indeed changed their verdicts under pressure from Facebook. In at least one case, international Facebook correspondents show that an IFCN signatory change changed its verdict from false to partly false, which carries a few a few penalties. After a social media platform flagged that the publisher being fact-checked was a major ad- advertiser whose spending could impact could be impacted by harsher ratings. They changed their verdict. Ask the comment on the apparent discrepancy between Facebook's public portrayal of fact-checkers' independence and its interventions to change their verdicts, a spokesperson confirmed that the company does intervene when it believes a different rating should have been applied. Meaning, if Facebook thinks what they're saying is true or false, isn't what they wanted to say. Facebook will say, hey, make this false, and we're happy with it. And then the factories are like, okay, it's false now. How many times have fact-checkers changed their verdicts at the request of Facebook or other major founders? Or major funders, sorry. Have they ever changed their verdicts at the request of influential politicians? We have no idea. And the organization's silence on the journal's reporting reminds us that the public should not expect transparency when it comes to the operations of fact-checkers or the social platforms they work with, despite their outsized power over the digital public square. Outside of leaks of internal company documents, as the 2017 leak to the Guardian of Facebook's international moderation guidelines or the journal's current series, the only real insights we are currently we currently have are outside researchers and probes of the social platforms inner workings. Facebook is increasingly pushing back on such efforts. Uh, yeah, Project Veritas is a good one for this too because they've been really going in hard on these motherfuckers. Last month, Facebook disabled the account of a New York University project that asked volunteers to install a browser plugin to collect information on how ads on the ads they saw on the platform were targeted to them. While Facebook publishers publishes a database of ads that run on its platforms, it notably does not provide access regarding to whom each ad is targeted. For example, the database shows that 76% of the appearances of a Pennsylvania Democratic Party ad about school boards was shown to women. Was that <clears throat> was shown to women? Was that because Facebook's algorithms believe women care more about education issues, raising potential algorithmic bias concerns, or did the party explicitly target women, contrary to the Democrats pushing 
against gender stereotypes. There is simply no way to know. And either way, that's very fucking dummy. Either they're assuming because you're a woman that you care more about these emotional issues, so they're targeting you, which raises sex, sexist questions in general, or they are outright just targeting women for these topics in general, which, again, targets sexualized, like, uh, sexualist questions. Asked why it does not publish this information for political ads, the company would only confirm that it has no plans to confirm them. Lol? Or keck? One possibility, however, is that a closer look at how politicians target their ads would reveal uncomfortable truths about how they see Americans, how they see America, and potentially expose racial and gender stereotypes at odds with their political count, uh, commitments. In the end, why does all this matter? In Facebook's own words, it matters because every single algorithmic tweak can influence policymaking around the world, forcing political parties, quote, to skew negative in their communications on Facebook, with the downstream effect of leading them to more extreme policy positions. In the case of one Polish political party, its post changed from 50% positive to 80% negative exclusively because of Facebook algorithm change to prioritize diverse content. As Facebook ultimately summarized, many political parties, quote, including those that have shifted strongly to the negative worry about the long-term effects it will have on democracy. Real Clear Media fellow Kalev Latura is a senior fellow at the George Washington University Center for Cyber and Homeland Security. His past roles include fellow, uh, fellow in residence at Georgetown University's Edmund A. Walsh School of Foreign Surveillance and Service and member of the World Economic Forum's Global Agenda Council. Ooh, that's a bad, that's a bad thing on the future of government. Yeah, the literally the New World Order people. That's an interesting little article, ain't it? We have one more article to read. You know me, I like to read two articles per episode. And this one is from September 13th, 2021. RNC Moles Appeal of FEC Ruling for Twitter and Hunter Biden Laptop Censorship. I know it's not Facebook, but it's their siblings, to put it mildly. This article is by Julia Grace Berfkel, Berfke, Steve Nelson, and Bruce Golding. September 13th, 2021 at 4.41 p.m. The, Republicans the Republican National Committee was, quote, weighing its options Monday after a report said the Federal Election Commission has tossed its complaint that Twitter illegally suppressed the Post's expose about Hunter Biden's emails and laptop. Quote, as Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey said recently, it was a total mistake for Twitter to suppress this important story. The RNC spokeswoman, Emma Vow 
said. Now, you can find uh, there's a Joe Rogan interview with Tim Pool, Jack Dorsey, and Emma. And they go back and forth. Now, Twitter did not come out and talk about this at all until after the election was over. And some in, some 80% of voters, when they were brought like brought the details of what was in the Hunter Biden laptop and shown the proof of what was in it, they said this would absolutely have changed the way they voted. Interesting. You always find a billion videos on YouTube of people doing this exact thing. Uh, Fleckus Talks is a good one. Quote, Worse, it was also a legal and our complaint... Uh... I'm going to substitute a word here because that's a long word and my brain is burnt out and can't say it. So, paraphrase. Worse, it was also illegal and our complaint precisely explains why. Vaughn added, quote, The RNC is weighing its options after weighing its options for appealing this disappointing decision from the FEC. U.S. Rep. Mary Miller, a Republican from Illinois, tweeted, quote, Big tech and the mainstream media blocked the Hunter Biden story to affect the outcome of the election in violation of election law. They are now lying about it and facing zero consequences. <laughs> if you go to my Rumble account, you can actually see uh, some of the stuff that was on there. One, of course, being... Uh, Hunter Biden smoking crack while on call with his attorney, panicking over people digging up his past. And there's also multiple footages and pictures of Hunter Biden fucking his niece and fucking his dead brother's wife. There's also uh, emails and correspondence talking about crack smoking and his hair way to smoke crack. Then again, the same guy admitted to smoking Parmesan cheese because he couldn't find crack. The first son of America, folks. Richard Grinnell, who was acting director of the National Intelligence under then-President Donald Trump, also tweeted, quote, This stuff happens in third-world countries. Grinnell, or Grinnell, added that Biden's, quote, laptop, was not Russian disinformation, yet the D.C. media dis dismissed it as such. Another low for the D.C. media. The FEC ruling hasn't yet been made public, but a document outlining it says that Twitter move was made for business, not political purposes, according to the New York Times, which said it obtained a copy. The FEC's decision requires at least four concur concurring votes, and it's unclear how the six members lined up. The, all, three Republicans all three Republican commissioners were appointed by Trump, meaning at least one rejected the RNC's contention that Twitter's actions amounted to an illegal, corporate, in-kind, political contribution to the winning campaign of Trump's 2020 rival, President Joe Biden, who is Hunter Biden's father. Two of the other three commissioners are Democrats, and the third is an independent appointed by President George W. Bush, then President George W. Bush. Earlier this year, Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey admitted 
during a congressional hearing that blocking users from sharing the POTS blockbuster scoop was a total mistake and that locking the post out of its own account, mean the New York Post, out of its own account for more than two weeks was a process error. They always do this too, and they always come out and blame, oh, it was an error, it was a system failure. It's it's never, yeah, we're biased and we fucked up, and fuck you. They always hide behind some system failure, some ethereal, uh, up-to-the-winds bullshit. You know, anything but themselves, right? Because it's never Twitter. It's never these big oligarchic sites. No, no, no. It's uh, it, it's the cloud. It's some unobtainable, not material thing. It was a system error. It was a bug. Right. The Post refused Twitter's demand to delete six tweets about the Hunter Biden stories, leading to a stalemate that ended with Twitter finally caved to mounting public pressures to unlock the account. The social media giant had claimed without any evidence that the contents of the laptop that held Hunter Biden's emails, text messages, photos, videos, and hacked materials were only hacked materials. According to the Times, the FEC concluded that Twitter's, quote, credibility to explain how his decision was commercial one based on politics in effect at the time, and that it had been warned by federal law enforcement officials that Hunter Biden, quote, might be a target of hacking operations by, quote, malign state actors seeking to interfere with the 2020 elections. You know, occasionally hop on 4chan, uh, the news board, politically incorrect, and careful if you go to, uh, Go to adult GIF. But you can find the Hunter Biden shit. They're supposed to there kind of frequently, too. According to the Times, the FEC concluded that Twitter, quote, credibly explained that his decision was commercial one based, was a commercial one based on politics in effect at the time that it had been warned by federal law enforcement officials that Hunter Biden might be a target of hacking operations by malign state actors seeking to interfere with the 2020 elections. <laughs> You're right, because the 2020 elections wasn't full of interference anyway. The FEC also reported, reportedly said it found, quote, no information that Twitter coordinated with the Joe Biden campaign and cited a sworn declaration by the company's head of the U.S. public, head of U.S. policy. In April, Hunter Biden, who has publicly detailed his drug and alcohol problems, admitted that a MacBook Pro computer containing the data in which was obtained at a repair shop in his family's hometown of Wilmington, Delaware, could have been his. Quote, I really don't know what the answer is. That is the truthful answer, he told CBS Sunday morning. Quote, I have no idea. Hunter Biden added, quote, certainly there could be a laptop out there that was stolen from me. It could have been, it could have been that I was hacked. I could be that. 
it could be that it was Russian intelligence. It wasn't Russian intelligence. But whatever. The FEC spokesperson declined to comment, saying, quote, Once an enforcement matter is resolved, the FEC has up to 30 days to post the related documents on our website. And that concludes that article. I have one more article to read for you, and I have one clip that I want to play for you. Let's go with the clip first. In terms of actions, Alex, that uh, we have taken or we're working to take, I should say, from the federal government, uh, we've increased uh, disinformation research and tracking uh, within the Surgeon General's office. We're flagging problematic posts for Facebook. She, you heard that. Emphasis on four. That's right, boys. It's true. Big Daddy Guberman is working in a coalition with social media to spy on you and silence you. Believe your lying ears. I should say, from the federal government, uh, we've increased uh, disinformation research and tracking uh, within the Surgeon General's office. We're flagging problematic posts for Facebook. She emphasizes for Facebook. Uh, that spread disinformation. We're working with doctors and medical professionals to connect uh, to connected medical experts with popular with popular who are popular with their audiences with uh, with accurate information and boost trusted content. So we're helping get trusted content out there. We also created the COVID nineteen the COVID community core to get factual information into the hands of local messengers. And we're also investing, uh, as you all have seen, in the presidents, the vice presidents, and Dr. Fauci's time. That's right, boys. Saki says, Administration is working with Facebook to limit misinformation. By Emma Colton of Fox Business. Published July 16th. White House Press Secretary Jan Saki <clears throat> defended Biden's administration working with Facebook to limit misinformation on the coronavirus vaccine. Quote, we're regularly making sure social media platforms are aware of the latest narratives, dangerous to public health, that we want many other Americans and many other Americans are seen across all social and traditional media. We are working to engage with them to better understand the enforcement of social media platform policies. Press Secretary Jan Psaki, Psaki said Friday during a press conference, quote, as you all know, information travels quite quickly. If it's up there for days and days and days when people see it, you know there's, you know there's, you know there's. It's hard. Wow, that's just such a trip up. That's, I mean, I'm not fucking over my words here. It says, if it's up there for days and days and days, when people see it, you know there's, it's hard to put that back in the box. Okay. And of course, promoting quality information algorithms. I don't know how they work, but they all but they all do know how they work. Pasaki continued. Pasaki also remarked that if user if a user is banned from one platform for, for providing misinformation, that user should be banned on all platforms. Fox News, Peter Peter Ducey, 
Ducey pressed the press secretary over the administration's relationship with Facebook with Pasaki, saying that White House that the White House doesn't block anything on any platform. Quote, we don't take anything down. We don't block anything. Facebook and other private sector companies make decisions about what information should be on their platform. Our point is that there is information that is leading to people not taking the vaccines, Pasaki said. White House said on Thursday that 12 people are behind a majority of misinformation on social media. I must be one of the 12, I guess. Wow, hey, I'm on a list. Which led to questions Friday concerning, quote, how long the administration has been spying on these people's Facebook profiles. Pasaki dodged the questions, calling it inaccurate, and said the administration works closely with media reporters, just as it does with tech companies. The press conference comes after Facebook previously blocked a theory from the site that the coronavirus was leaked from a Chinese lab in Wuhan. It was overwhelmingly passed off as a conspiracy theory last year, but has found renewed interest in 2021 with President Joe Biden, Joe Biden, Joe Biden ordering a review of the theory. And the World Health, Organize, World Health Organization acknowledging it was premature to discount the idea. Critics have slammed the Biden administration for their relationship with big tech over the misinformation of what they described as government overreach. <laughs> it is government overreach. Pasaki says the White House has been flagging problematic posts on Facebook. They believe our misinformation about Wuhan coronavirus. Reminder that Fauci worked with Facebook to ban a lab leak theory, which is factual, for more than a year. And that is the end of this article and this episode. So, you know, a little bit of a disturbing beginning episode and a little bit of a disturbing one o'clock episode. I like to keep y'all chill as we go into spooky season. And spooky season, I got plans for spooky season. Because I got stories I want to cover that's going to make you really question the government and probably be afraid of government. You should be afraid of government. We should be overthrowing the government. I didn't say that. Anyway, I've been your host, James Mass, and this has been Goofing Off Inside Four Walls. And I'll see you tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. Sharp. Bring some coffee.